Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Sirius XM Radio presents, in conjunction with House of Athlete, I Am Athlete Tonight. A woman who was a pioneer of the game doesn't get the respect that she's due, but I give it to her all the time. (laughs) Senior NFL insider for CBS Sports HQ, Mm -hmm. host of her own show, The Crew NYC, (laughs) and undefined with Josina Anderson, Josina Anderson, how are you doing, Josina? I'm. I, listen, uh, first of all, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, both of you. And uh, you know, you. if I'm putting back my eyelashes on for you Ooh. at a seven twenty <laughs> on a weekend where I actually have off, you know, there has to be love for the two of you. So I, I, I am here. I, listen, I hold on. Wait here. a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It is now seven thirty on a Friday night, and you yeah. took your eyelashes off. What? What? This is a, and you have a bye week. People don't realize this, but you rarely get a weekend to yourself. Yeah. This is yeah. Josina's weekend to herself, and yeah. you're not going out on the town, not to dinner, not to party, <laughs> not to club. I'm, I'm tired. I am tired. <laughs> Listen, I have been traveling since I started with the Raiders training camp, which was the first team to do it because they had the Hall of Fame game. So that was actually, I remember, the 22nd of July. So I have been going since July 20th. And um, I'm happy to just lay down (laughs) and not do anything and actually get caught up on a lot of things that I got to do for myself over these next two days, because you know, right after that Monday hits and you're right back at it. So it's, it's hold not on, really but all that The long. hair looks fabulous. So, <laughs> oh, you think I, so? Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you think so? Oh, you think so? Yeah. I no, mean, we'll listen. take it. We'll take it. I mean, you can't really see the full flex because I got on a black hoodie. So you're not really seeing the full lay. But, you know, it, I mean, for me to be laying down and then come up out, I think I'm doing OK. <laughs> all right. <laughs> On the on the latest episode of the Crew NYC, you mm-hmm. had the chance to talk to Titan safety Kevin oh, Bar- yeah. B- Bear mm-hmm. uh, ahead of Sunday night's matchup with the Kansas City Chiefs. Titans are coming into this year without AJ Brown and still find themselves in the AFC South. How does this team compare to that group that was the number one overall seed last year in the AFC? Well, he's right. I mean, they don't they don't have, you know, some of the same, uh, you know, weapons, obviously, A.J. Brown defecting from Tennessee going to um, Philadelphia. And also their passing attack is just not as potent. They've kind of had to find their identity, especially losing the first two games of the season. But I really feel like they're starting to kind of, you know, come into their own. So we'll see you know, how they match up against the Tyreek Hill less, as you know, as you covered the Dolphins uh, extensively, Um, you know, how that looks without um, Tyreek Hill with the Kansas City Chiefs. 
What I think is interesting is that with the Chiefs in the last two games, that Juju Smith-Schuster has really kind of stepped up his potency, getting over 100-plus receiving yards in the last two games at the same time that the OBJ stuff was kind of swirling. So I thought that was interesting. And then uh, Valdez-Scantling, who, uh, you know, some stuff has been going on behind the scenes that I hear won't elaborate too much here. But the point is, is that he's coming off of, a uh, you know, another uh, a big game the last time that they played as well. So I think that that is interesting and we'll see kind of how those two cl- teams clash. But for me, Omar mm-hmm. and Lazier, I think that the biggest game is Bill's Jets this weekend. That's the game. I was, I, I raised my finger to let dudes know that I was going to take the next question, but you just said the Jets, which means the, the floor is yours, Lejay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? I was going to ask a follow-up question about the Tennessee Titans and uh, Chiefs, but <laughs> since you brought up my Jets, we're going to go ahead and, and go to Just the Jets. Swerve. When you're looking at this this game, uh, JoJo, right? Talk about Sauce Gardner, what he's done on the outside. A lot of people haven't given DJ Reed the respect he deserves at the other cornerback position. How do you think this secondary matches up the Jets secondary versus the Buffalo Bills explosive offense with Stephon Diggs and, and, and Gabe Davis on the outside? Well, obviously, Stefan Diggs right now is in his bag. He's had <laughs> over five 100 plus receiving yard games. He, I think, just had 100, I think it's 108, you know, saucing it up against, you know, the Packers um, and Jair Alexander. He has no problem giving the trash talk back. I expect <laughs> that when he and Sauce and whomever are going back and forth. But then in his own right, Sauce Gardner, who has started every game, you know, for the Jets at corner, has been holding up his own right. I believe he was uh, rookie of the week. He, he got one of them rookie of the week. Uh, yeah, he's got he's actually got two of them already this year. Yeah, he's yeah got so, two this year. so he's already doing his thing. I think he's had... I want to say it's like 393 snaps and only is allowed 44% of the catches against them. And then the other thing, and the only reason why I have some of these stats on the top of my head is because I was just talking about this for CBS earlier today. And I thought what was interesting is that he hasn't allowed a receiver to gain more than 51 yards against him. And that was against the Bengals. Whereas you have Stefan Diggs' lowest game against the Ravens being 62 receiving yards. So when I watch this matchup, the two things that I'm going to be looking for is to see, can he keep him under 100 and can he best himself with regards to the stat that I just said relative to how both of them have been flowing and the fact that he's the young rook. I just think that that is fascinating. And then on the other end of it is just, Zach Wilson, because just think about how more electric this game would have been if it would have been the six and one Bills versus oh, the six man. and two Jets. And if it wasn't for the three interceptions, and I don't know what Zach Wilson was doing, they would have had that game. And, and, and no one was even thinking that the Jets would have been and had this record at this point. So for all of the heat that, you know, Robert Sala was getting at the time he made that no receipts comment. And, you know, and 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 they and, and luckily the Browns collapsed against them that week and they've kind of taken off and ridden that magic carpet ride since then. I just find that really fascinating to see if Zach Wilson is. Is he going to melt? Is he going to hold up? How is the defense going to do without Jordan Poyer, especially after they just got exposed by the Packers running game? And um, what's my man for the uh, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon or what have you? And just some sort of the adjustments and things. And to see if Trey White, is he going to travel? Is he is he going to? 
going to start? Is he going to play? I know he's they're saying he's day to day. They're being coy. We'll see what happens. So I just think there's so many. And it's right in, in our backyard. I think it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you this question. We're talking with Josina Anderson. You can find her at Josina Anderson on Twitter. And you can also <laughs> find her show, The Crew NYC and Undefined with Josina Anderson on YouTube. That, that's correct, right? <laughs> Yes, I mean, that, that is where we house our show, but really we uh, download the Odyssey app to, to listen to our podcast. That's where most of our downloads are and things like that. And um, and then, yes, if you want to watch the full thing, which most people don't, you can go to YouTube where everyone wants to see everything in short clips. But that's where you can go if you want to see You're it. correct. Everybody does <laughs> want to see everything in short clips. As speaking from the I Am Athlete producer standpoint, yeah. um, I know that there is no more resident um expert on the thought process of a Mr. Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> my girl Josina Anderson. Now there's so much chatter about where Odell's going to eventually play when he's finally in his mind healthy enough. I need a Josina update on Odell. And I know there's one. I mean, I can always talk about it. Obviously, OBJ is the first and foremost expert on himself. Clearly, there's no decision made or anything eminent, you know, at this point. I think the biggest thing that, you know, I can contribute to this conversation relative to that topic is I think not enough people are focusing on the likes of what the contract would be. Oh, and, I, and, mm. and what I and what I mean by that is everyone's like, where is he going to go? Where is he going to go? What is the contract looking yes. like? And the and the reason why I say that is because if he comes back this season, and that's an if, and that's another thing that people aren't talking about. If he comes back this season and he gets a prorated deal, how much would that really be? And if he does a prorated deal and it's not a multi-year deal, then think about the immensity of the risk that would be on OBJ. Mm. And I don't think people are really thinking about that. So if he were to get a $2 million deal, $3 million deal, and God forbid something happened like what happened February 13th at SoFi Stadium and Super Bowl against the Bengals, that would be it. And so what I do know and what I can offer is that, um, you know, this is a really big decision for OBJ, someone who really fought hard to rehab his ACL get back to that level in the face of all of that acrimony and leaving Cleveland to get it to the point where people don't even hardly talk about that stuff as much. When you really think about how it used to be stemming all the way back to his giants days and to the, come to the point where everyone thought that you would have been the MVP if you would have continued. And then for the ACL to happen and to have to go through that again, and your likelihood of re-injury going up, that is a lot of risk that he's assuming. So which of these teams is most poised to mitigate his risk? Mm. Let me me ask you a a follow-up question to that. Um, And I want you to keep it real with me, JoJo, like you usually do. Um, There's rumors, and you can, you know, denounce these rumors or say if they're true, that Odell is looking for a Michael Gallup-type like deal, and that the first deal that the Rams offered him, he felt was disrespectful. Is there any truth to that? Oh, he acknowledged that on Twitter. That's definitely true. So that's already been acknowledged. I knew that before he said that, but now that he's acknowledged that himself on Twitter, it's definitely a low ball. But even beyond the contract now being a low ball is really how the Rams are going. You know, Mm. they're not on an upswing. And when you think about 
He's not totality. Captain Save a Ho. <laughs> he, we we can say that. We can say that on on radio. You can, you can say that. You know. Yeah. And when when you when you think about, you know, what is the best upswing for him on a macro level? Is it Matthew Stafford right now? Yeah, I, mm. Is it? I, I mean, mean, Matthew Stafford almost made him a Super Bowl MVP, but there's a lot of weaponry on that team, even though it's yeah, not but Matthew Stafford right. turns the ball over a lot, too. And he's had more wear and tear in that elbow since then. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And now Cooper Cup is injured and the dynamic is a little bit off with Allen Robinson. And and now, you know, Cam Akers is trying to come back in the fold this week <laughs> after some of that acrimony with the, the running on, back Jojo. situation. OK, let me let me, what about what about Green Bay, though? Let me what about Green Bay? Mm. Nobody's more thirsty they- for an NFL receiver than Green Bay. Are they in a better situation than the Rams right now? <laughs> I mean, again, so that to me goes back to, you know, what the contract situation looks like. Also, what OBJ's happiness overall looks like in Green Bay, someone who just had a baby and, and you know, some mm. other things just to consider. I mean, ideally, I feel like OBJ wants a place where he can flourish and blossom in all ways. And if you're asking me, I, I'm not sure that that is in Green Bay from just the standpoint of things outside of football. You know mm. what I'm saying? But, um, you know, uh, we'll see. I think it would be great if there was a team who could give him a contract that addressed their immediate needs, but also promised to take care of him beyond this season. But you mean not promised, but put it in that they were going to take care yeah, of him beyond yeah. this. Yeah. Exactly. Or, we know or, NFL promises mean nothing. Exactly. And I don't and, and definitely don't mean verbal uh, or, or on a napkin on a restaurant. But but <laughs> but but also too, the other question is, is his leverage higher if he waits March in the new league year of 2023? Can can he command more simply just by waiting and being patient and not necessarily having, you know, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, Travis Kelsey, you know, and the likes uh, Aaron uh rogers or whoever in his ear whispering sweet nothings yeah Ooh. we're here talking with josina anderson josina is a senior nfl insider for cbs sports hq she's also the host of the crew nyc let me ask you about two future pro bowl co- future hall of fame quarterbacks who have seemingly fallen and can't get up josina at least their teams have the tampa bay buccaneers and the green bay packers are are far short of what expectations have for both of those teams. Are you surprised those two quarterbacks, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, can't elevate their teams to higher heights? Um, I'm not surprised with the context of knowing what's going on with Tom Brady. You know, I had a debate about this with uh, Morris Chestnut on the first episode of our, our show, and uh, he's been married for 20 years. And I always talk to him about how much I think his wife grounds him and allows him to be this cool cat. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And who can get up and, you know, start his day off at four, go to the gym, execute this and execute that. And, you know, he really says, no, it's more about my routine and how I grew up with my household and things like that. And I'm like, Oh, your wife, you know, and obviously not taking from his wife, but I'm just saying from the standpoint is that he's also bringing more of the clock back in terms of his upbringing. And yeah. I'm like, you know, she really lays out the table for you in terms of keeping that peace. A and good I feel- woman can ground you. And yes. that's what that's what we that's make all, sure you get them points in, Omar, because your wife is listening. Yes. Yes. That's a good woman can ground you and make you great. 
And exactly. And I, I and I feel that if I may interject, and, and I said this to dudes from the beginning. Remember, uh -huh. remember, dudes, when I looked at Tom Brady, yeah, I was like, yeah. mm -mm, something yeah. going, something is off, something is going wrong. Well, and start. he looks more gaunt in the face, even at the at the um oh, in that's the press that. conferences, he looks all the way different. That's, that's that divorce depression diet. I've been on it. I've been on it. Like, <laughs> you lost about 15, 20 pounds. That's a divorce depression uh, diet. Listen, it is so easy to keep women happy. I mean, we we had a whole Girl, discussion. Don't tell that on... lie. Don't tell that lie. No, 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 no. Why, is it, why is it hard oh for my men God. to apologize? Like, we had a whole 20-minute oh debate God. on this. It is just, you know, this, say this debate I'm sorry. Go for an hour. Uh, why, why can't y'all say it's my my fault? You know what I'm saying? It, so I like to throw that question back at you. When, you when do you get to the point where you can say mm. I was wrong? I say I'm sorry all. I say I'm sorry all the time. You know, but it, and and it seems so. But it seems so simple because when you bring it up as a topic, everyone's like, "Oh, I say I'm sorry. I don't have a problem with this." But when you're in the heat <laughs> in the, in, of, in, yeah. but when you're mm -hmm. in the heat of being wrong. That's when you really realize that you have a, a apology impediment. You have an <laughs> apology impediment. And these are the simple things, these simple things that to me break down a relationship. And, and I think now when he sees everything that he's going through, I wonder if he would rethink, you know, some of the and, and and maybe there was problems before that did lead him to retire. There, there had to be problems before that. This that, isn't that, just a, a byproduct of Tom him Brady. coming back coming back because he retired and then he decided I can't do it. Uh, and, you know, and, and I've had this conversation. We did this on a live tour in Philadelphia. We have it up on the YouTube site. If anybody wants to see it, you know, a lot of guys say it's it's hard, dudes. When you walk away and the game is taken away from you, it's, it's, it's hard and you go through withdrawal. And he came to the conclusion, I need one more fix. Now but she look probably at all hurt. them years that she wasn't taking care of her fix to hold it down mm. for him. And so that's where the word sacrifice and compromise, you know, come in where you might just have to end it a little bit short and take little pootie tang to kindergarten today <laughs> and take care of the dishes in the sink and vacuum the that's carpet what in the maids and, and that's what maids and 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 um uh, uh what nannies and nannies afford do? yeah but but how it allays me omar when i see you doing it because it makes me feel like you understand that this is half and half as opposed to whomever you know whatever it is doing it you know for however 59.99 an hour i need to see how you care about it you see what i'm saying that's all that's mm. all and 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 now and now look at what's happening with the bucks and 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 and, and look, to be serious for a second the saddest part about that is i see that the the blame is getting shifted to todd Bowles. i'm like how is this todd Bowles as far yeah, do we man. see todd so Bowles in new york at robert craft's wedding on a friday mm, talk about it a pj I mean, but we did see we did see that Tampa did Bay defense that? fall apart, though. And, and what? that we did see that Tampa Bay defense fall apart. OK, and that is that does not look like a Casey Rogers defensive but, line. But I'm sorry to go back to what Jalen Ramsey, I, I remember once told me when he played for the Jaguars during the Blake Bortles era. And when Blake Bortles wasn't playing the way that they wanted him to after they went to the AFC championship, you make me said laugh. that it all is a domino effect. It trickles down. So when the quarterback isn't playing, it messes up the juju if i can do my little you know hip dance over here 
it messes up the juju on the team. And then now it now he's not playing. Now we don't feel like we got our sauce and, and, and it trickles down. So while listen, do I think that that running game ranked like 20 something before Todd Bowles came to Tampa and he got that stuff in, in order. So whatever is happening now to me is an energy thing. It's not a Todd yeah. Bowles lacking expertise thing. Yeah, I would say it's it's injuries as well, too. I mean, uh, Akeem Hicks was brought in to kind of help with that run game. He's been beat up the whole year. I think Shaq Barrett going down. We saw the effects on that Thursday night game. First half, their defense was playing well. Second half, he gets hurt. They were selling himself. And, and people are talking crazy about Devin White. Like, let's not forget, for September, he was a defensive player of the month in the NFC. So I think the defensive line having the injuries has affected the linebacker position. But I want to go back to something we were talking about earlier, Josina. We're looking at this Tennessee Titans game versus mm-hmm. the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. What have you been hearing out of Nashville in regards to Ryan Tannehill? I know he practiced on a limited basis today. Also, Jeffrey Simmons missed all three practices this week. But I know he did an interview saying he's looking forward to this game. Is he going to be able to go as well? Because if you talk, if you think about it, Bud Dupree, you know, Jeffrey Simmons, and Tannehill potentially being out this game, this could get ugly for the Titans. <laughs> Well, I, it obviously is kind of a wait and see to see how he continues, you know, um, you know, to just kind of heal with what he was dealing before. And then last week, I know he had the uh, the stomach bug and Malik uh, Willis at times uh, was a bit shell shocked, as we would expect a rookie to be. Um, and so I do think that's where you start to and, and you can speak to this. Um, um, Omar, because there were years where you had the, you know, the, the, the Ryan Tannehill, but where you begin to appreciate Ryan Tannehill, even though he's not, you know, Mr. Top five, it still does help you when you have somebody who can, who's been in pressure situations to handle that. You know what I mean? And so even though you might have, and I, I don't know what that face means, Omar, but even though you have, <laughs> even though you have the base skills to get, you know, to execute a pass, really for me, it's how do you handle pressure? And and I would have to say that right now, Ryan Tannehill obviously has that category up on Malik, though at some point, you know, maybe he, you know, blossoms into his full, you know, wings as a butterfly and can exceed anything <laughs> that Ryan Tannehill has ever accomplished. What you about, what you about to say? Oh, you got a problem with no, no, Ryan? Listen, listen, listen. We, he we, always hate on Ryan Tannehill, right, man. Yeah. We're going to move on to a real quarterback down there in Miami, <laughs> Tua Tonga Valoa, ah, who has oh entered God. this week as the NFL's top-rated quarterback, Josina. Mm. Do you think that Tannehill has finally silenced his critics? And you are the too, Dolphins? You I'm sorry. Do you? Yeah. No, Tannehill clearly has not silenced mm-hmm. his critics. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm one right. of them. Do you think that Tua has finally silenced his critics? And are the Dolphins for real contenders? I think that he's shown you that he has the potential to do better than maybe some people were giving him credit for. I was at that week two game against the Baltimore Ravens where he went crazy in the second half and they were, you know, completely elated. And I remember I was interviewing where he mostered and then he just crashed my interview and, and to see that. And it's unfortunate that his stride got, um, you know, kind of disrupted with the the hit against the bills. And then them uh, don't even get me started with four days later playing in a game that he should not have. So I think that he's shown you enough to give him more credit. Do I think that he's completely taken off the critics off his back? No, because as I was just mentioning with Ryan Tannehill, you have to do it in times of pressure. And when the stage it's at its biggest to really graduate into that next level of, you know, of praise and, you know, where the the pitchforks kind of come down, so to speak. So if, there's so much more uh, games left in the season. If you were to go out and have a Nathan Peterman uh, pass, <laughs> this oh, week, God. People, people would be <laughs> right back to it. So I'm going to need, you have to 
add more to the to your history books and to your annals of what you do for us to really kind of you know buffer that so the answer is not yet but i do believe that he deserves um more credit for what he's shown us that he's even more capable of doing well we we definitely know what you're capable of doing josina <laughs> we thank you for joining our show i hope you uh girl i'm gonna send you some money so you can go to a brunch uh, out on these New York streets. Yeah. Um, and, and give me my cash app. Your girl, send me the cash app. I, 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 <laughs> listen, I, I, I'm going to have an all you could drink mimosa on me. Okay. Um, we thank I you. Like stu- I like stuffed chicken and um, the sweet potato casserole and the cream spinach at Ruth's Chris. Oh, I'm about to say, that sounds like Ruth Chris. That, girl, that, that's Ruth Chris. I said brunch. Hold on, wait a minute. I don't know Bruce Chris in the brunch I, department. No, I, I like my meals 100 and over, but it's okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we thank you for joining us on I Am Athlete. Yeah. Hi, everyone. This is Hope Solo, World Cup champion and host of Hope Solo Speaks, a Sirius XM podcast. I'm so excited about the Men's World Cup starting November 20th, and we'll have coverage all tournament long. I'll be talking to former players, top analysts, and offering some of my unique perspective as Team USA looks to make a deep run in Qatar. Download new episodes of Hope Solo Speaks right now on the SXM app or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop every Thursday. USA, USA, USA. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Yeah, we've got Cliff Averill, Super Bowl champion, former Detroit Lions and Seattle Seahawks defensive end. A man who has recorded 74 sacks in his 10 NFL seasons. And Cliff, I want to I want to begin this interview. I'm going to throw it right back to you. Oh, and then you can get right there. Bro, when I used to play for the Chicago Bears, this dude playing for the Detroit Lions, and they used to have these wide nines, okay? Everybody listening, wide nines, basically, wherever the tackle's at, you know, these dudes is way out there, and they just come screaming off the edge. He was a problem. But there you go. Oh, he was a problem. Hated playing against Detroit when Cliff was there. Yeah, seventy-four sacks. Uh, that 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 to me is when, once you get over fifty sacks, you 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 are a monster. Um, and right. and I want to ask you about Bradley Chubb's new contract with the Miami Dolphins, five year, one hundred ten million dollars, sixty-three million dollars guaranteed. Cliff, were you were you probably about five years ahead of your time? you know what's what's funny and i feel like all vets feel this way because i feel like when i came into the league the vets were saying that about the guys that was getting paid then and then like me being retired five years i'm like god no my dad had me about five or six years later like what's going on right so but but, you know that's that's just how the game goes man and 
and it, it's interesting too because you watch some of these guys, and I'm not saying Bradley doesn't deserve this. Like he definitely deserves, and everybody that can get their money while they're in the game, they deserve it. But then you look at the stats, and you be like, wait up, my stats is way better than I could have made. What? Like what's going right. on? Can I <laughs> can I unretire? Like what's going on? But you know, I'm I'm happy to see these guys win like that though. It's, that's that's huge. Yeah, absolutely. Cliff, I've, you know, I've always you know, my answer to that. Sorry, O. My answer to that, O, is this. I'm like, man, because I was literally just thinking about that a couple days ago. And I'm I'm looking around like, damn, wide receivers is damn near making almost $30 million a year. What is Tyreek Hill making, O? 27 or something? 25. 25 yeah. million? Unbelievable. So I'm having the same thoughts. But then I was like, you know what? My nephews can make that money, and I'm going to get a piece of it too. I tell them right now, I tell my nephews, I'm like, look, Uncle Brandon, been through it already. I'm going to be your marketing agent, I'm going to be your agent, and I'm getting paid. You know, sometimes family and money don't mix, but I'm, I've am i been telling these kids since they was five, six years old that we keeping this money in the family, and I want my fee. Yeah. We're here on I Am Athlete tonight. Yeah. Talking to Cliff Averill, Brandon Marshall. Now, Cliff. How winnable do you think the NFC West is, considering mm-hmm. how Seattle has been playing lately, especially when you look at what the 49ers and the Rams have been doing underachieving? How winnable is the a- 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 NFC West for the Seahawks? Man, it's it, it's funny um, because going into the season, everybody's like, man, the Seahawks is going to be in last place. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. they don't know what we got. You know, the quarterback situation, all the drama that went on this offseason. But then, you know, of course, uh, L.A. and all these guys, they, they, they just have the stacked team. I think it's very winnable for the Seahawks right now because they're still figuring out who they are. They're still trying to figure out who they, what they're going to be and how they're going to uh, execute down the, 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 um, on the back end of the season. Um, and as you see all these other teams, they've kind of, they have their core players that are out there making plays happen, and yet they're not winning ball games. So I think the Seahawks got a real, real good shot at, at being able to make some things happen on the tail end of the season to be able to win out the NFC West. How much so, do you think of – go ahead, Brandon. So, uh, Cliff, again, you know, major way to Seattle, the Legion of Boom. You guys are legendary. Um, so you know defense. You only Not only do you know defense, you know legendary defense, right? Like the Purple People Eaters – what was it mm-hmm. called? The Steel Curtain. And I don't know if Ray yeah. Lewis and those guys had it or Paul Amalu and the Steelers had a name. But you guys are up there with some of the best. Um, this defense, because we're talking about the Seattle Seahawks, um, and, and I agree with you too. I, you know, Before I get to my point, I do believe they have a chance because of this, right? You have Geno in the offense. You know, they're, they're overachieving. That defense, however – Right, started off the season first five games of the year was trash, probably the worst in the NFL. The last three and everything, right, right, and now in the last three games they're emerging as one of the league's best, most dominant. They held the Cardinals to three points. What is happening in Seattle right now on that defensive side? Because if this defense, bro, can stand up with Geno uh, tapping into this. This this new Geno, whoever this is, they could be real contenders. What the hell has happened on that defensive side? One thousand percent. And and the defense, what happened in the first five weeks in comparison to the last five weeks is, or last few weeks is the technique in this uh, of of how the guys up front have been playing has changed. Um, you know, mm. they changed the defense up a little bit from when we were there. They changed it to essentially a three four scheme. 
And in a three four scheme, your your D line, they're 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 two gapping, meaning basically they're catching blocks and they're playing both sides of uh, of the uh, the the blocker. You know, they're two yards off the line of scrimmage. They're not attacking. They're in catch mode, so the linebackers can make all the plays. Well, the last three weeks. The guys have been complaining essentially, and they kind of changed up the system. In the last three weeks, they're letting them attack. They're letting them get off the get up, uh, get off the ball, and get up field. So that's what's changed completely. That made the defense look completely different is because these guys are attacking up front now, and that's why you see all the hits. That's why you see all the hurries, the quarterback sacks in the last few weeks. I want to say the first few weeks they only had maybe uh, I want to say five or six sacks. And in the last few weeks, they've had 14 or 15 sacks, right? So it's because these guys are attacking up front, and the defense looks completely different right now. And that's what they need. That's the type of players they have on that front. They, instead of catching guys, they're attacking and, and getting playing in the backfield. We're here talking with Cliff Averill, former NFL Super Bowl champion with the Detroit – well, actually, with the Seahawks. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, also remember Detroit. Definitely, yeah. Also the Detroit. When did Detroit go to the Super Bowl? <laughs> also remember the Detroit Lions. Don't don't act like you wasn't there. Um, oh no no. I, hey hey whoa the D, hey, Detroit. That, that I love Detroit. They drafted me. They gave me a chance. We sucked while I was out there, oh. but we we hey I was I was I was making things happen. <laughs> and also also add to what you how you're showing him love. Oh, also add one of the best human beings that ever played uh in the nfl look he's being so nice but he is nice he is nice but look how he's being nice oh no detroit lions i loved them they were great man he was out there miserable man get out of here (laughs) now now let's talk about another man who's potentially miserable we've seen russell wilson struggle in the first half of the season um as a member of the denver broncos uh and, and when we as a former teammate of his out there in seattle do you feel like Russell is shouldering too much of the load of what's going on in Denver? Oh man, look what look what they look what they just did. They just got rid of one of their best pass rushers. Um, I, I don't I don't understand it. I'm not, I'm also not paying attention to uh, you know the the beat writers and I don't know the the ins and outs of the situation out there. But what I do know is uh, I, I and, and Russ is my guy. Um, B. Marshall, that, that was your quarterback for a year and some change. Um, I don't know what your opinion is on him, but as far as for Russ and his attitude and how he approaches the game, I think he's up for the challenge, right? Does he have too much on his shoulders? I think so, but he's up for that challenge. He's up to, to be able to prove to himself first and foremost, but then prove to everyone else that he can make this happen even with the 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 the, the trades and and you know the lack of offensive linemen or whatever else the, the situation might be i think he can kind of turn things around will they be in the playoffs i don't know the afc that that division he's in is, is extremely tough but i do think russ has a lot on his shoulders i think he's up for the challenge and i think he he will turn some he will turn things around out there before the end of the season let, let me ask you this question, because a lot of his former teammates have come out and sort of mocked him, been critical of him, yeah. um, you know, laughing at his struggles. Uh, what, what, what do you think served as the root of all this dissent? Man, you know what, what, what it is? Um, and B. Marshall, you, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I, I right. started playing football at a, at a later age. I didn't start playing until high, high school, 10th grade, right? But what I do know is, from that point on, when I was in co- high school, when I went to college, when I went to the Lions, when I came to the Seahawks, the quarterback always 
got treated differently from the other guys on the roster. I don't care how right. – I don't care if you got All-Americans on the other side of the ball, the quarterback gets treated differently. Now, is, is that a thing, uh, B. Marshall? No, you're 100% right. You're correct. Like, oh, these guys are just I, different. It, they're just different, right? And I think I, – I, I truly believe that's the issue and uh, why some of the guys felt some kind of way. We had a spectacular defense. We had a lot of great players on our defense, great friends of mine. But I think the fact that the quarterback got treated differently or in got a lot of credit, because that's always been a thing, too, since I was in high school, uh, got a lot of credit for the success that the team was having, I feel like guys may have had an issue with that. And, and to me, it was just football. Like, since I've been in high school, since I was in college, it's always been that way. So it's never been an issue for me. Uh, and I feel like that's probably some of the issues that guys have is based on the fact that he got a lot of credit based on um, the success that the team was having, although everyone else was kind of putting the work in, and he was too because he had to make plays too. Um, guys just feel some kind of way about it. And to mm-hmm. me, I, I just I, – I don't necessarily agree with that, but that's just what it is. And I feel, I feel like that's why guys are, acting, are, are saying some of the things they're saying. And another thing too, Omar, and you notice know covering covering um, you know the NFL for a long time, fifteen plus years, you know the 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 competition that they had in Seattle was next level. Every day, Pete Carroll established this culture, create this culture where you got to compete. Eight o'clock in the morning, you're going to see Cliff Averill versus a Russell Wilson doing jump shots and shooting. Right, like it was that mm-hmm. kind of environment. Like there's a lot of juice, and everybody's revved up every single day. That's why they were so great. What happened in Seattle from you know outside looking in, I had a little cup of tea there, so I was able to see and feel it for myself, which was totally different than everybody else around the league. Right where they competed. Not only in camp, but year-round. So defense versus offense was like a thing, it seemed like. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. In camp, in other places, that's it. Like, okay, we're competing against each other. There may be a few little fights. But once we get to preseason, get through preseason, that's over with. That never happened. Like, they really – there's guys on that team that, like, really competed and maybe even taken it a little too far. Never forget being there. And and Doug Baldwin cussed me out in camp. Like, I'm older than Doug. I I feel like I'm more, like, established than Doug Baldwin, right? And we're sitting in a wide receiver meeting after practice, and he turns around. He's like, y'all don't know what the F – you know, the, the wide receiver way is here. And he turns around and he said, I'm talking to you. He pointed at me. I was like, whoa, you know, I got a little attitude too. So I was like, let me control myself. I just got here. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's like, we don't shake their hands. You you don't run a route against these guys in one-on-one, then turn around and, and shake their hands. We don't do that here. I was like, oh, my goodness, this is insane. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's some of that, right, that you're feeling. I disagree with a lot of these things, Omar. And Cliff, you know, especially coming from like Doug, you know, I'll I'll save it for another show where I'll bash Doug for so many other (laughs) reasons as well. But like I had 17 quarterbacks, man, 17 effing quarterbacks. I'll take Russell Wilson all day over 99 percent of these guys in the league like I will. And this is coming from a guy that had 17 quarterbacks and play at the highest level. You get there. It's like, bro, you don't know. You don't know the other side of this thing. Would you want to play with Chad Henning or Matt Moore? Although Matt Moore balled at times. I know you're a big Matt Moore fan too, uh, Omar Kelly. But we're talking about, come on, man, Cal Orton. Come on, brother. You got (laughs) Russell Wilson. Like, yeah, like everybody's different in their own ways, but you don't want to live on the other side. 
Yeah. I, and, well, and, it's a, and to, to add on ahead. to that real quick, B. Marshall, like, I don't know, like, for whatever reason, you know, people feel whatever they feel about him. Uh, and, and they attack they attack him personally. But you can't attack his play. Like, although this year he doesn't necessarily look how we expected him to look, in the fourth quarter, when Russell is, is in the last decade, in the fourth quarter, there's not one quarterback that I would, I would take over him. Like, that was a closer. Like, he will finish games, right? So, like, to me, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand all the hate and all this other stuff. And they're not basing it off his play. They're basing it off how he is personally and, you know, whatever else. Which We're not here to judge that. We're here to judge how he plays on the football field. And if you want somebody to finish the game off, that's who I'm going to pick. Yeah, mm. definitely. We appreciate you, Cliff. Thanks, Cliff. So, I Am Athlete Tonight is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. Support I Am Athlete Tonight with a five-star rating and by leaving a review. That's a big deal, guys. Stop being lazy. Pick up your phones and leave a review and give us a five-star rating. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Want more? Catch the full two hours of I Am Athlete Tonight weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio. Sirius XM channel 82. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash IAA tonight trial to start your free trial today. Sirius XM podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.